So Abba, thank you that we belong to you. We have no idea where the technology went, but you're still here. <laughs> and what I'd like you to do is just sit for a second and just hold your hands open and let Father show you how much you mean to him. I love that we've got children in the room who just love to receive love. <laughs> Such an example to the rest of us. Let's just simply receive his love right now. Daddy, you love us simply because we are. <laughs> you love us simply because we're here. And so we receive that love now. Mm, thank you, Father. Thank you for your love. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want to ask a question. Actually, Roger, could you mute the Apple TV up there for me, please, just in case the technology decides to do anything else crazy to us? <laughs> Has anybody here ever had a, a letter or a card maybe for a birthday or for Christmas, something that was so special to you that you really wanted to keep it. Yeah? I certainly have. You have? Yes. You know, I've got one here. This is a card from Jane to me. And I love the photo on it. It's an English card. We have much better cards in England than we do here in the States. But it's an English card. And she's written all kinds of wonderful things inside it. And you know you're not going to read it, but it's special to me. So I took this off my nightstand this morning to bring it and show you. This is a card from my wife to me. And it's very special. There's another one here that I've, I've, I found this on my desk this morning. This is a letter from my dad. Now he's typed it because his handwriting, even at that stage, this is a couple of years ago now, his handwriting was a bit shaky already by that point. And he's with Jesus now, but this is a letter that's very special to me because it's a letter from my dad telling me about my family and enclosing all kinds of family tree stuff on it uh, that he'd been researching. So that again is very special. Now some of you, tell us what... Uh, was special to you. Why was it special to you? Anybody? This is this is family time. Go on, Robert. I could say something along those lines. Um, yesterday, I hung up some pictures in the in the bedroom that were right near my side of the bed, and it was one of those things I've been meaning to get around to maybe for years. And but I I finally did it. But I, when I did it, I was so happy I did. Um, one of them was a sailboat that my dad was all into sailing. And he actually had a, a big boat at one time, and I think the picture is of his boat, but it, it, regardless, it was something he had, he had and that I got when the house was sold. Anyway, so I put that up, but below that I put up a plaque that my grandfather had gotten. I was talking with John about this, I think, earlier, but my grandfather was a firefighter. He had gone, been in World War II, and then as in 1946, he joined the, um, the firefighting force there in... Um, where they lived in Sherall, South Carolina, a couple of hours from here. And uh, he was like assistant fire chief, and uh, he retired from that in 1970. And they gave him a plaque. And I can remember as a child in my grandparents' house that the plaque was kind of right near the door that we can't, you would go in and out from the porch. And I got that plaque, 
And it hit me a few weeks ago. I thought, what have I done with that plaque? Because it was important to me. Anyway, but I, I had not done anything with it, fortunately, and I found where I laid it. And I hung it up yesterday, and then I hung up on the plaque as well, because I had a picture of a little firefighter, kind of a little statue coming out. I hung up the tags that he wore when he was in World War II, the dog tags. And I don't know, it was just special to me. And it's odd, because I would come in, and from there you'd go right in the bathroom. So as I'd go in the bathroom, I'd look at it, and I'd see it, and I just felt that connection. And it just was special, you know. So I can relate to what you were saying, Mark, with the card. That's wonderful. Did you catch that word connection? I love it. Yes, John, tell us about something special, a card or a letter. Well, it wasn't a card or a letter. Excuse me, I'm doing my back over here. Um, yeah, when you said that, when you make connections, and Rob and I were talking about uh, his father, and, and that just kind of um, sparked a little connection. Remember, uh, my father's been... I'd passed probably seven, eight years ago now. And we were talking about ages. And I said, yeah, he was about 86, I think he was, when he passed. So the other day, I was opening up a letter, uh, some mail that you know, was sitting underneath my papers and stuff, and I pulled it out. And so I was looking, in, and I have this letter opener that came from him. And it is a, um, it's like, it's a sword on the sword up and I usually just pick it up and use it but this time I flipped it in the middle where the blade is and it says 110th infantry so it, it was it was something that he had when he was in Vietnam or he would get these plaques and these little memorabilia to put on your desk and you know I remember looking through his old stuff and he had this one of these sticks and I guess officers back in the day would carry a stick and it had their rank on it and so he would have these different things that he would have on his desk when he was in different units. And so they would gift him like memorabilia stuff from like in country. And so it was really kind of fancy stuff. But for some reason for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, I've had this letter opener when he was uh, probably a major or, or a colonel or somewhere in there. And it just, for some reason, I opened it up and saw that and said, wow. So you, you think of things, and that's kind of the similar thing, the connections that we have. One of the children had a memory of a card or a letter. Who was it? Did you want to say about the card or the letter that was special to you? Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> Every one of us has letters and cards like that that are special to us, don't we? And some of it is the, the connection that we have. We're going to look this morning at the very beginning. Let me sort my papers out here. The very beginning of a letter from the Apostle Paul to some people that he loved very much. And what we're going to see is three things. Okay, and I want to help, see if the kids can help us remember these three things. So can you hear me, kids? We want to remember three things this morning, and that is that God has a plan for us. And God has a place for us, and God has a purpose for us. Should we say them again? God has a plan for us, God has a place for us, and God has a purpose for us. So let's look at this together. Who would like to read something for me? Doesn't matter whether a child or a, yes, an adult, a childlike adult. <laughs> Can you read that for us? 
From Paul, divinely appointed according to the plan of God to be an apostle of the anointed one, Jesus. Our fellow believer, Sothenes, joins me in writing you this letter addressed to the community of God throughout the city of Corinth. Okay, some funny names in there, aren't there? <laughs> but it says that Paul is writing because he's divinely appointed by the purpose of God. And so, according to the plan of God, excuse me, which tells us that first lesson we want to learn, that God has a plan for us. Now, can you help me find the person next to you and point to them and say, God has a plan for you. Can you tell them that? God has a plan for you. Just because you're standing there, God has a plan for you. Just like Paul knew that he had a plan. Yeah? It's good stuff. Now, sometimes God's plan for us has to take care of the fact that we go through hard times. You know, that funny name that Mr. Chris read, Sosthenes... It's a funny old Greek name, isn't it? He was the ruler of the Jewish synagogue right there in Corinth. And when he said, I'm going to believe in Jesus the Messiah, they beat him up. Poor guy. All he said was, I think Jesus is the Messiah. And all the people who had been his friends turned around and they beat him up. But now here he is in the beginning of this letter, writing with Paul, talking about this wonderful plan that God has. It's beautiful, isn't it? And so he's partnering with Paul to encourage and to raise up other believers. Just like every one of you, by coming here today, has been able to encourage somebody else. And no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, when you said to somebody else, God has a plan for you, you were part of God's plan for us to be built up together. Make sense? So... Anybody here ever had a hard time standing up for Jesus? I'll raise my hand for that. Yeah? <laughs> Most of us, by the looks of things. It is sometimes tough, isn't it, to stand up for Jesus and to stand for what we believe in. Sometimes, especially if you've got people all around you who want to beat you up for believing it, like Sosthenes had. And it's okay, you don't have to remember how to say Sosthenes. We're, the rest of the bits we're going to read don't have as many difficult words in. <laughs> Um, but remember when you face hard times that God has a plan for us. That's our first lesson together. For all of us grown-ups to learn, like children, God has a plan for me. So now, rather than pointing at somebody else, why don't you put your hand on your heart and agree with God. God, you have a plan for me. God, you have a plan for me. Just a little side note, as you're taking in the fact that God has a plan for you. Sosthenes' name, I looked it up, it means he's the savior of his nation. When you translate what his name means. And of course in the Bible, all of the names have great significance. So this guy, there was a, there's a big vision for this guy, even though he'd got beaten up. <laughs> and actually, history tells us that he played a great part in the salvation of many people. Uh, through working through that... Uh, that hard time. And they're writing, it says, the other part that Mr. Chris read for us, is that they're, they're writing to the community of God. Now that's another funny Greek word called ekklesia. 
which means like a, an assembly of people, an important assembly, people who've been summoned together, a little bit like we have the Congress or we have the state um, House of Representatives. They are called together to do important stuff. Now, I'm not going to sidetrack myself here on discussion of whether the, the assemblies that we have are actually doing the important stuff they're supposed to do. That's a discussion for another day. But what I want us to see is when we gather like this, it's really significant. Now, you may just think, oh, well, I just got out of bed and came along because I do every Sunday. But no, it's very significant that you are here, every one of us, no matter what age you are, it's very significant that we get together like this because God shows up when we gather together and we represent him when we gather together. That's what they mean when they're writing to the community of God. And receiving input from leaders like the Apostle Paul, like the Corinthian church are doing, when we receive that input, it's very important that we do that because that's what makes us the community of God and that's what also qualifies us to represent God in our city. So, you know, as you go out of here, you're representing God everywhere you go, whether that's to kindergarten or preschool or, or, or elementary school or wherever, because schools go back tomorrow, don't they? Uh, you know, when you go back to school, kids, <laughs> you're representing Jesus everywhere you go. And some of the grown-ups here, you're going to go to different places tomorrow. You're going to go to work or you're going to go to, to whatever place you go to. And you're representing Jesus everywhere you go. Because God has a plan for us. So can I have another volunteer to read something for us, please? There's no hard names in this one. Thank you, John. For you have been made pure set apart in the anointed one Jesus and God has invited you to be his devoted and holy people and not only you but everyone everywhere who calls on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and ours also thank you you can keep this, keep the paper there okay so <laughs> You've been made pure, set apart in the anointed one, Jesus, and God has invited you to be his devoted and holy people. That's where we get our second lesson from. Not only does God have a plan for us, but God has invited you. So God has a place for us. So could you say that to one another, please? God has a place for us. Yes, you can tell somebody else, point at somebody. So anybody here ever felt so happy in a place or in a group of people, ever felt so much like you really belonged that you just wanted to stay there? Ever felt so happy in a setting? Maybe it's a, a, a time together or a family gathering or a, a group of friends. Who'd like to tell us about a time where you felt so happy in a group that you really wanted to stay there? Or so happy in a place? Carol? This was many, many years ago. Both of these pe people have gone on to be with Jesus. But I went to their home on a Sunday afternoon just to be with them. They had four kids, three boys and a girl. They were opposite of my family. But just to be there with them. Maybe I was there for a half hour or so. And they decided they're going to go take a nap. 
So I just laid down on the sofa and read a book. My dad said to me after, they went to bed, Carol, you should have gone home. <laughs> I said, no, it was fine to just be there. Just to be in that, in that home and in that spirit. It was good to just be there. Anybody else want to share a time where you just wanted to stay? Gabriel. Well, I, I want to say one of the places is here at our ladies' meetings and in our prayer room Sunday morning. <laughs> and um, because <coughs> there's just um, the cultivation of just God's presence and just that belonging, you know, feeling connected with other people that are like-minded. It's like, I just want to stay there. That's beautiful. Did you catch that? That sense of being connected and that sense of belonging. That's why we're a church family, isn't it? Time for one more? Anybody? A place where you just didn't want to leave. Tell us what it was about that that made you want to stay. Go on then. This gathering, it was like moving, the idea of moving was kind of hard at first because I was like, God has grown me so much. And I was a Jane, I told you yesterday on the phone, it was like, you guys helped birth me and my family into just spiritual, like, spiritual family, you know? Like, we had just been born again pretty recently before we moved here. And so it was just such a birthing that happened here, you know? And so then the idea of like making those connections in another place was like, oh, is it gonna, it's going to be different. And I trust God, but. It's like you don't want to let it go, you know. But I've come to trust God in that and be so thankful. And it's cool to walk that journey with God where he can do such an amazing, powerful thing with people and then to be able to come to the place where you trust that he'll either do something similar or different for whatever you need in that season and stuff. That's beautiful and so significant that you'd be saying that on the day when we're blessing you and Nate and the family and releasing you to move on to that next chapter it's it's great now god wants every one of us to experience some of those things that we've just been hearing being birthed into spiritual family feeling a sense of belonging and connectedness a feeling of being so comfortable so at home that you can just stay god wants every one of us to live in that kind of setting to live in that kind of place a place that's safe uh, a place that's healthy, a uh, place that's life-giving. Now, let me ask the question another way around. Has anybody here ever, and I'm not going to ask you to share the details, so it's okay just to raise a hand. It's safe. I'm not going to pick on you. But has anybody, like me, ever felt in a place where you felt left out of a special group? Felt on the outside, not the inside? Yeah. I had a lot of that growing up. And I figured I would be fairer if I told you my side of the story than pick on any of you because, you know, I don't want to touch onto anybody's painful moments. But it's not what God wants, is it? See, for me, I was teased as a child um, probably, around the, probably around Elias's age, actually. When I was your age, Elias, my ears stuck out even more than they do now. And the trouble was when I went to school, all the kids teased me because I looked funny and I couldn't do anything about it and it was really hard and I knew that I was on the outside because of how I looked 
And some of us have experienced that in our lives, feeling on the outside because of something we couldn't ever change. But I want to tell you this, that when I met Jesus, he healed all of the pain of that and brought me into a place where I'm really thankful for who I am today. And God wants us to experience that because it's not God's plan that anybody be left out. And so I want to ask John to read again the second part of that little reading, the part that's in bold. Not only you, but everyone everywhere who calls on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ as our Lord and ours also. Not only you, but everyone everywhere. God's heart is for no one to be left out. No one. And I, I want the grown-ups particularly to catch that in our hearts, that as we go out in everyday life, God's heart is for no one to be left out. And I know that I'm speaking to the choir here, that you all agree with me, but I want to affirm your heart to see that no one is left out. Anyone that we meet, no one left out. And interesting, I think I said at the beginning, Jane and I were in Denver this past week with our son and his girlfriend, and we went out for a meal one, uh, one lunchtime, and there was a guy on the pavement I don't know what he was smoking or doing. I, he, he was obviously doing something that is legal in Denver and isn't legal in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> but my heart toward him was that he would not feel left out. So all, I mean, he didn't really make contact in a way that I could feel, but I just felt so strongly just to say hi to this guy. So he knew that somebody saw him. Most of the people ahead of us on the sidewalk had just kind of given him a wide berth and walked around him. But I just literally did the best I could to make eye contact with him and say, hi, good morning. And that was it. But I didn't want him to feel left out in any way. And God doesn't want any of us to feel left out. So God has a plan for us, and then God has a place for us. And every one of us, that's true for us. God has a plan for us, and God has a place for us. And then the third thing that we want to learn together, one more thing. Actually, let me get some, one more person to read. This one's a little bit longer. Go on then, Ian. Thank you. May joyous grace and endless peace be yours continually from our Father God and from our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. I am always thanking my God for you because he has given you such free and open access to his grace through your union with Jesus the Messiah. In him, you have been made extravagantly rich in every way. You have been endowed with a wealth of inspired utterance and the riches that come from your intimate knowledge of him. For the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. Beautifully read, thank you. So, <laughs> what did Paul say at the beginning of that reading? Did you catch it? May joyous grace and endless peace be yours continually from our Father God and from our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. That's what God wants for us. And that's a great thing to ask God to do for our friends, that God would show them grace and peace. 
Now, when you dig into what that means, what that looks like, because those are two very Sunday morning kind of words, aren't they? Grace and peace. You know, you may have gone to a church in your past where we would say, oh, the grace of God be with you. I know when I first came to know Jesus, we said that to each other every Sunday. It never really struck me what it meant until I started experiencing church like this, where you belong and you actually gain something from interacting with other people. And so, But what it means when you dig into it is God wants to fill you with joy as a free gift so that there's nothing between you and the people around you that would make friendship difficult. He wants to fill you up with so much of him that you want to be friends with everybody. And he wants to fill them up with so much of him that they're easy to be friends with. Now that's a pretty good picture, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I, I, I want God to fill me up with more of him so I'm easier to be friends with. Because Lord knows there are times I'm not easy to be friends with. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I'm guessing that some of you might feel the same way. <laughs> so, what I would like to do, I'd like to model now for us what it's like to be united with Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to just glance around the room and randomly pick five or six people to stand up and pretend to be Jesus for a moment. Okay, Pat, please, could you stand just right about there? Okay, uh, Jamie, could you stand in that space by your chair, please? Um, Dave, would you mind standing where you are? In that space there is a nice space. And um, Hillary, could you stand here in that space for me? Now, what I'd like the rest of you to do, please, is to go over and join hands with one of these people who are pretending to be Jesus. So th these people represent Jesus. Okay, now you're going to have to sort of grab hold of their arm or whatever. But I want you to experience what it's like to actually be united to somebody. Just go over and grab their hand, all right? Or grab the hand of somebody else who's holding their hand. And it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. Just come and grab hold with Jesus right now, okay? Because I think as you do that... <laughs> You can feel something of the joy and the strength that comes when you're united with him. Can you feel that? There's that sense of, oh yeah, it's okay, somebody's got me. Oh yeah, I'm close to him. Oh yeah, if ever I need anything, his hand is right here. His heart is right here. Now those of you who are representing Jesus, I'd like you to feel the joy as well because there's a joy of giving that sense to others as just as much as there is of receiving it. But this is how God wants it to be the whole time for all of us. He wants us to experience, I'm holding his hand, and more importantly, he's holding my hand. And so we see what it's like to be connected to Jesus in that way. Because you see, God has a purpose for us. And it says in that part that Ian read for us, you've been endowed with a wealth of inspired utterance and the riches that come from your intimate knowledge of him. So that's what you're modeling right now. Your intimate knowledge of him. That connection. And Paul says that there's this inspired utterance and riches. 
Now, he's not talking about this cash falling out of the ceiling. He's talking about something far more valuable. That sense of connection with the divine. It doesn't just come you and Jesus. It comes like you're modeling right now, you and others and Jesus. It's both and. And God fills our lives with riches because of the people around us who also love him. Okay, you can take your seats. <laughs> yes, yeah, say thank you to Jesus as you, <laughs> as you go back to your seats. There's all kinds of ways that God speaks to us. All kinds of ways God speaks to us. And all of them are designed to bring us into that kind of connection that we just modeled. Because he wants us to know he's with us. God's purpose, because that's our third, I seem to have lost all my children here, but that's our third thing. God has a plan for us, God has a place for us, and God has a purpose for us. And his purpose for you and for me is that we show the life of Jesus. That the life of Jesus is seen in us and through us. So that uh, passage said, the reality of the truth of Christ is seen among you and strengthened through your experience of him. So what is the truth of Christ? Final question before we wrap this up and move into a time where we receive him again. But what is the truth of Christ? Anybody want to offer a, a suggestion? What is the truth of Christ? It's a hard one, isn't it? Let me offer you this, because I think this is what Paul's getting at. The truth of Christ is simply Jesus is alive in you and in me. That's what the early church delighted to rejoice in. Jesus is alive. And so Jesus is alive in you, Jesus is alive in me. That is the truth of Christ. And it's seen by others when we allow that to happen, when we allow that to grow. And so what we're going to do is to affirm in groups that God has a plan for us and a place for us. And then because God has a purpose for us, we're going to take some time to pray over the ones that we've particularly identified to pray over. We want to pray over Nate and Melissa and the kids. We're going to find them. While we're going to have communion together to say that God has a church family. God has a family of God for us to belong to. Uh, whether you belong in this family of God or you're just visiting, everyone is welcome to be part of the family meal together. And so what I'd like you to do, or what I'd like us to do, please, is that we gather in little groups and maybe just around the tables or in the clusters that you're, where you're sitting close to, groups of four or five, I'd like you to uh, affirm to each other that God has a plan for every person in your group. God has a plan for you. You may want to add words to that if you know who you're saying it to, or you may just want to say simply that. And we're going to take a moment to do that while I break the bread and pour the wine, and then we're going to come together in our groups and say God has a place for us. And sharing this uh, symbol together shows that God has a place for us. 
And when we've done those two things, then we're going to pray over the purpose God has for those that we want to bless this morning. And we can pray for one another as well. Is that clear? So gather in, the, in groups of four and five and affirm each other. God has a plan for you. And while you're doing that, I'll break the bread. Father, thank you that you have a plan for each one around these circles and you now will continue to unfold that plan for each of us because we've been gathered together in your family this morning. And thank you that you have a place for each one of us and it's a place of belonging that's symbolized by this eating and drinking together that Jesus told us to do as often as we drink it, to remember him. And so we want to remember that the reason we are a family is because Jesus has enveloped us into the family of the Godhead. He's drawn us back into that relationship that we were designed for. And so we celebrate that together. So I want to invite you to come as groups, uh, in, your, in your little groups, come and receive the elements, go back to your place and share around the circle the bread and the wine, to thank Jesus for what he's done and to affirm that God has a place for you. So receive in your groups and affirm, continue to affirm that God has a plan for you, but also God has a place for you and God has a purpose for you. And we're going to be dismissed with this. You can continue to minister to each other in your groups.